got it locked on Rodeo Radio. Hey, Tony, drop that. What, please? I bet. Dr. Dre in the place to be. Co rocking shit with my homeboy Steve. After Rodeo, get stupid, son. Yo. Don't think that you can get none of Trey The motherfucking doctor The bitch hopper The sucker motherfucker stopper I'm fucked up so don't mind what I'm saying I'm just kicking it But Steve, Tony, A and Susan Yo, we can choose it Dope shit to put in a mix Know what I'm saying? We kick shit like And, and That's a fact And if your shit ain't in a mix You know it's swag And that ain't no bullshit Kicking facts on a serious tip. Word up, Dr. Dre's in full effect doing serious damage, boy. Tony A! Tony A! When you're ready, go. Welcome back, everybody, to Rhodium Radio, episode one. 34. So first of all, I want to thank everybody in the live chat, everybody that's subscribed, everybody that's tuned in. I hope you're drinking. I hope you're chilling, eating your top ramen or whatever you're eating. Uh, we're going to have a dope ass fucking show tonight. But uh, before I introduce this uh, legend, I'm going to go ahead and give a couple of announcements. So those of you that uh, have been asking me about the ads, once again, you can reach us at documentary forward slash ad. That should be up on the screen for those of you that want to buy ads where we play them on the commercial breaks. Uh, if you own a business, if you own a restaurant, if you own, I don't know, cleaners, or if you want to promote your OnlyFans page, uh, uh, you get at us at uh, documentary forward slash ads, and you can email us at rodeonradio at gmail.com. Other than that, uh, Breaky Tales, this Friday, special guest. Make sure you guys uh, follow us on Freaky Tales on Instagram and follow us on Freaky Tales Podcast on YouTube. We'll be going live this Friday, okay? Actually, I was going to do it every other Friday, but what I'm going to do just this month, just this month, I'm going to give this Friday Freaky Tales and the following week Friday. Hopefully, I don't confuse you guys, but the last Friday of the month, I'll be out of town. So that's the way we're doing it that way. Other than that, uh, you can go to Documixery dot com and you can buy merch if you want to buy sweaters or if you want to buy shirts hats beanies whatever you want documentary.com but you know what uh, uh we'll share a little bit of that more during the breaks but without further ado please allow me to introduce this person whom i've been a fan of for many many years actually since i've been a teenager i've been a fan of his uh there's no other way introducing him other than the content legend himself king t in the motherfucking building What's like, up? What's up, brother? You good? Yeah, Compton in the house. What's happening? Compton in the house, brother. <laughs> you know what? How about the drive coming over here, man? Well, smooth, man. Yeah, smooth. Not, little not traffic, traffic, little traffic. You know, but I, you know, a lot of people don't know this. I, I listen to jazz when I'm on the freeway, so okay, it gets me through it. That's dope. That's yeah. dope. Any favorite musician, or just too many to name? I, my, I was raised on jazz and R and B, so you know. I could go on and on about that. I'm a Herbie Hancock, um, Miles Davis, yeah. you know, Hubert Laws. I, you know, yeah, that's dope. That's yeah. dope. Well, me, honestly, when I'm in the car, I don't listen to hip hop. I, I bump classical I, I can't, music. I can't listen to hip hop. <laughs> I mean, I I've done hip hop, you know, so yeah. much, and you know, and I I would hate to get. I can't get tired of it, but. 
you know, I just like to hear different things sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? Let me ask you something that just happened over the weekend. The Super Bowl. Did you enjoy the Super Bowl? Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did, you know, I went to my sister's house to watch it, but I didn't know who was playing. And <laughs> I'm not a sports guy. So I, I really? know nothing but music. You okay. Know? Uh, you know. You support the Lakers, though, right? Of course. Yeah, hell yeah. Of course, Golden State too. Oh yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, I'm a big sports guy. You know, mostly everybody that watches the show knows that Dallas Cowboys fan, uh, Lakers, Dodgers, uh, Notre Dame. When it comes to college football, but uh, I, I love. I, I can watch really any football game. I'm a Cowboys fan too. Dope. I like the Cowboys and Dope. the Rams. The Rams, yeah. But I don't know these other teams. Uh, Tampa Bay and and KC. Yeah. Yeah, Casey. But it was a good game. I mean, just that guy, Tom Brady, first of all, he went to 10 Super Bowls and he went seven. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> all good. All good, man. So now let me ask you this. Um, I like watching a lot of movies. I know I told you I was going to ask you a lot of funny questions, but <laughs> I, I watch a lot of crazy movies. What type of movies do you like to watch? Uh, Comedies. A lot of comedies. Yeah. Uh, documentaries. Most definitely. And uh, mostly documentaries. Though. Yeah, I watch a lot of docs as well. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, I just seen, since you, I'm glad you mentioned comedy because I saw the second trailer for Coming to America 2. Yeah, and one of my favorite movies is Harlem Nights. So. Harlem Nights. Yeah, okay, so. that was my next question. <laughs> Your favorite movie of all time when it comes to comedy, what would you say? Harlem, Harlem Nights. Yeah. See, that's my second. Yeah. My first one is Coming to America. Mm -hmm. to, to me, there's no other funnier movie than that. Harlem Nights, and of course, you know, everything else under there. Yeah. I like a lot of Richard Pryor. Yeah. You know, I grew up watching, actually listening to Richard Pryor on vinyl. Why? Me too, me too. Oh, yeah? Come Why on. not? Yeah. I mean, act a fool. We scratching <laughs> yeah. Richard all up in there. Yeah. You know? My whole, that's what, you know, make, making mixtapes with Richard Pryor and, yeah. and all that. That's dope. That's dope. Um, so, yeah, I would say Harlem Nights. But did you get a chance to watch any of the trailers for uh, Coming to America? I saw one. It looked pretty funny. Yeah. Okay. You probably saw the short first one. I seen the longer. They, they, they re-released it. Like, well, they released it about three days ago. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I think it was on. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. And I, It looked funny. It, it, it was the uh, barber shop scene, right? When they That was the first one they released. This is the second trailer. Oh, okay. This one had a little bit more of uh, uh what's his name? Um, when they met the, he met his son and right, right, right. Yeah. So uh, I'm hoping it's funny because it's got to live up to the first one. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I watch a lot of movies, a lot of documentaries. Well, what, what, what's going on? I don't know with the pandemic and all that. You know, you never know, and we go, you know, we can't go to the movies to see it. Right. So. So we gotta. We'll see. Got I think is it going to be on Amazon or some shit like yeah. that? Okay. Okay. So now, for the fans that may not know, I, I ask questions like, I know pretty much all your history, mm -hmm. but I'm going to sit here as a fan that just walks in and wants to ask you certain things. Where originally are you from? Uh, Los Angeles. Okay. I was born at General Hospital. Uh, um, grew up all around Los Angeles. Uh, uh mostly uh well my grandmother lived in Pacoima mm -hmm. so I'm back and forth there so all around you know San Fernando Los Angeles um didn't really uh 
learn you know hit Compton until like my late teens mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying and got put on there in my late teens okay. you know but that originated in uh, Pacoima okay you know what I'm saying when I met Scotty D he had a um uh, like a clothing store in Pacoima called okay. J and D's Fila Shop. It was a Fila Shop where they did custom sweatsuits and uh, you could get t-shirts made, hats. So he was like the Dapper Dan of the West Coast, you know. Okay. So, so he was Scotty was from Compton, and his his uh, brother Cliff was from Compton. Big Pete that worked there was from Compton, you know, and they kind of put me on to that yeah scotty d i met him uh for the first time actually about three years ago uh lonzo was there uh uh uh, i like to call him brother Mm arab uh clientele scotty d was there calvin anderson Mm -hmm. uh they had like a little conference at um at some center out here in la and i attended Mm -hmm. and it was kind of like a q a session talking about the the west coast music Mm -hmm. their contribution if you will but uh now I'm going to share with you a little story that might trip you out on when I first met you. We were at Echo Sound in the city of Glendale. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had just, um, we had just finished a song, a song called You Better Think, that I did scratching on, which Sir Jinx produced it. Dazzy D was the rapper. <laughs> and when we walked out, is when I saw you. Right. And it was around noontime, and you already had a 40 ounce. Oh, yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, I was probably about 15, 16 years yeah. old. But yeah, Echo Sound, that that was our spot. You know, that's yeah. where we started. Yeah. You know. And, and as a matter of fact, uh, I met Vacek there. Yeah. Yeah. He's the one that co rock stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, we went back for another session, and then he started telling us what he said. Because I said, What did you say on that one song? <laughs> and he did it again. Yeah. So for those of you that are a fan of King T, there's a song called Cold Rock Stuff. And the very beginning, I think that guy, was he Arminian, if I'm correct? Or? Yes. Okay. He was our main engineer. And that's where we met him at Echo Sound. And the owners, I think the owner of Echo Sound was Armenian too. Okay. Josie, wasn't her name? Josie? I, I, Armenian sure. lady. She married to the American, Michael, Mike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was cool out there. Okay. Then, uh, I didn't meet you here, but I saw you in concert. I was one of the the lucky ones. It was 1988, and I believe this was the Power Tour, but King T was headlining. I'm I'm sorry, Ice Ice T was headlining. The DOC performed Funky Enough, The Formula, and then you guys came on. Now, when I say you guys, King T, DJ Pooh, Mixmaster Spade. We probably opened. Uh, Did we go before the doc? No, you guys went after the doc. Really? Because the doc was fairly new, he only had oh, one okay. single. Okay. And and uh, uh, that day, uh, Aladdin was on the turntables, Pooh was on the drum, Mixmaster Spade was there, Man. rest in peace. Oh wow! And you guys were saying you guys were filming a live video for Act of Fool. Act of Fool. Okay, I, yeah. I remember what you're talking about. So it was that day, mm-hmm. and boy, to me, that was the first time I had ever seen you guys perform. Mm-hmm. And Compton was deep in that motherfucker, man. Yeah, you know, Compton embraced me, man, and, and it it was a blessing. You know, there I say that I stay true to Compton because. Uh, that's how I got my first check. You know, I was young, you know, trying to uh, prove myself to, you know, to my peers, trying to gangbang and all that, you know what I'm saying? But 
Scotty took me a different route and and, so, and put some money in my pocket. Yeah. So I felt loyal to Scotty and what he was trying to get, you know, put me on to. So it's been Compton ever since. Right. You know, so and they 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 love that. So they embrace me. So I'm I, I'm I'm gonna stay down till I die. Yeah, that's you know? dope. That's dope. That was the first time I had ever seen Aladdin spin, and he was just cutting it up, or rock the bells, yeah. and uh, um, it was just an amazing, amazing time. Because I always like to say that if you weren't there, you didn't get to witness Compton in the building because N.W.A. came out next. You know, uh, uh, Dre and Ren. We were actually all working together, but everybody was doing their separate things. I used to go over. Um, we we used to me and Pooh used to go over to Easy's mother's crib all the time because they used to do uh, the mixtapes. Yes, for the rhodium at at his mom's house too because mm -hmm. they had the that uh, twelve. I don't know if it was an eight track or twelve track. Uh -huh. We used to, and we used to help out on that a lot, and it was crazy. <laughs> you, you know, uh, when I got reacquainted with Steve Yano. I met him when I was 11 years old and I worked with him until I was about 13 at the Vermont Swamp Meet here in Gardena. Then uh, business died down, then he went to the Rhodium. Mm -hmm. I didn't get reacquainted with him until 1987. That's when I met Dre at, at the Rhodium. Easy was there. He was introduced to me as Eric and Jinx was there. Yeah. And uh, um, Dre had been doing mixtapes, I guess, for Steve from like 84 to 87. I started doing them like late 87 to 1991. Mm -hmm. And I remember, because I had already had Quick on there, uh, second to none, AMG, JJ Fad, Tone Loke, Ice Cube, and the whole NWA guys. Right. But I was trying to get you on one of them. Yeah. I was trying my hardest. Yeah. <laughs> By the time uh, Eric put out Boys in the Hood and they were, they were, um, confident about maintaining this nwa thing because it was a whole it was different they tried different things before the yeah. nwa it was cia it was uh it was all kind of other shit before nwa yeah you know what i'm saying um Well, I, my, I lost my train of thought already. Because yeah, I know they were do, they were even doing songs, L.A.'s The Plays, Fat Girl, My Jock. And then yeah, they did. the Cabbage Patch and all that. You know what I'm saying? But like I was saying, everybody was, we were in the same circle, but everybody was doing their own thing. Yeah. They went uh, with, Alon with Lonzo and started working with Lonzo. I went with Roger Clayton, Uncle Jam's Army. Yes. And, and, Roger and Scotty introduced me to DJ Unknown. Yes. And Techno Hop. Yeah. And that it was on for King T yeah. since then. If it if that wouldn't have happened, I would have been on Roofless and messing yeah. with Easy. You know, uh when I was filming the the Rodeo Mixtape documentary, uh, uh honoring Steve, I had hit up Unknown, but he don't do any interviews. He don't do nothing. Yeah. He don't do interviews. So I don't know why. He's like I don't you know, he's he, I guess, cause you know, well, I, he thinks everybody is mad at him, and um, because we didn't really get paid when we did these techno hop things, but no, it was part of paying our dues. You right. know, we weren't thinking that back then. We was probably looking right. for him, but right. you know, once you get older and 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 learning and and been in the business, you understand it. Right. You know. And I, you know, I don't. I heard some things he done with Suge Knight and all that, and mm -hmm. things like that. But, hey, man, 
you know, that's part of the game, you know. Right, right. Come tell your story. Yeah, I, I remember when um, when I first heard of you, the very first song, believe it or not, was The Coolest. Yes. Uh, and uh, I don't know that which was one came out first. That was actually the second. Okay, but the first one, if I'm correct, was Payback Some Mother? Yes. Okay, those two were on Techno Hop. And, those, and I, I always bought two because as a DJ, you cut shit up. Right. Now, the third record, and I know I'm probably jumping a little bit ahead. I think it was on Mac Daddy Bass with... Uh, wasn't that a Greg yeah. Max label? Yes, okay. Mac Daddy Records. Mac Daddy Records. That was Greg Mac, uh, Greg Max label and uh, um, artists. Oh, okay. Now, Joe now, Cooley's homeboy. Yes, <laughs> artists. Yes, yeah. I remember it. Because yeah. those are the first guys that I ever seen with finger waves. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they finger waves and graphics boys, and the cars. Yeah. What, whatever happened to artists? Uh, he's he's around. Yeah. Yeah. I had Joe here. And uh, you know what? I, we never, you know, it's like I'm not going to be able to. Artist went away for a minute uh -huh. and he got out. He still had the big record collection. Okay. And he, I talked to him when he got out. He had, he had a, a, a big store over there on um, Manchester and all that. But I just lost contact with him. Okay, you know, because mm, I, right. I didn't get a chance to ask Joe because I interviewed him here. And just like yourself, you have so much body of work that it's impossible to get to it in two hours so mm -hmm. we're gonna try but i never got to ask him about artists because that was like his boy like yeah you know? they they you know they used to dress alike yeah <laughs> uh yeah. drive cars alike you know <laughs> um fuck the same girls all that you know all that <laughs> <laughs> graphics yeah. on the cars and everything yeah. yeah yeah uh now as far as uh techno hop when uh because who, if I'm correct, produced uh, Payback Some Mother and Coolest? Yeah, who uh, produced all my early things, you know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. Everything up to the Trifling album where we um, uh, put on the Alcoholics. Right, right, okay. Uh, yeah. For the people that may not know or the, the younger generation that may not know who DJ Pooh is, he's red on Friday. I, right. I have to make that clear because some people just think that he's just a comedian actor. Right. No, he's, uh -huh. this man's got a lot of history. Yeah. And, uh, but how did you meet him? Uh, through Scotty D. No shit. Yeah. Okay. There yeah, at the, at the feeler shop at, uh, in, in Pacoima. Okay. Yeah. And he was a DJ. I was a DJ too. No shit. Yeah. I, I started, that's what I, I, I didn't even know that. Man. Yeah. DJ Terry T. Okay. Yeah. So um, when I met Scotty, that's how I got in as a DJ. DJ. Um, but he, uh, it was already too many DJs in the crew. Right. You know. So, and Pooh didn't really like me that much back then because you know how people are. They, they you know, you're trying to take their job and all that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was Pool and Bobcat would come around sometime, you know. But Pool wanted Pool was the main DJ. And this was before he was producing and all that. So me and Pooh started doing mixtapes together and crazy tunes. Yeah. Yeah. We all used to do the four track mixes crazy, Richard Pryor and mixing you hear about five or ten songs playing at the same time. Yeah. yeah. And all that talking shit. But I used to jump on the mic too. And Pooh used to say, 
you sound good. You know what I'm saying? He liked my voice. And then he, he the one gave me the name King T, DJ Poole, and just started. And I just stuck with it. You know what I'm saying? Me and J-Roll yeah. from the Alcoholics, you yeah. know, we, we turned into the MCs with a couple of more people that was in the crew, too. Mm-hmm. You know, but th- that's the main people right there. Now, now, if you could remember when Payback's Mother came out, what was the response that you were getting on the streets? Mm. You gotta, you gotta realize this is the beginning of West Coast hip hop. This is before NWA. Yes. You know what? It wasn't before Ice T. You don't quit and dog in the wax. But this is the around that time, the beginning, 80, 88, 87. Yes. So people was brand new to it, and but it got a it got a better response in on the East Coast. Really? Right. Because when we did it at that same time, see, let me let me back up. Scotty D all when he introduced me to Roger Clayton, Uncle Jam's Army and all that, we were opening up for all the acts Roger Clayton would bring in. Mm-hmm. That means Run DMC, Beastie Boys, uh Real Rock Sand, Whistle, Dana Dane, everybody, you know oh, what wow. I'm saying? So we're meeting these people. So they they wanted uh, Roger to introduce them to some producers from the West Coast to take to the East Coast. So they introduced to the LA Posse, which was part of uh, Uncle Jim's Army, Daryl and Dwayne. Dwayne um, was Roger Clayton's cousin. They flew to New York to produce LL Cool J on wow. um, Bad Album. Then they bought Bob out. Then they bought Pooh out. Pooh took Payback some other out there and it was the first uh, West Coast record to be played on NYC Radio Waves by Marley Mall, DJ Red Alert. And it, that's why it got a bigger response out there because the rapper was from the West Coast and it was on some boom bap shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Okay. That was the... On the West, our rap was e- Egypt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Egyptian lover, um, that was my favorite, you yeah. know, and and uh, you know that type of shit, right? You know, but we, me and Pooh, we wanted to do, we didn't want to do the same thing that was going on in the West at that time. We wanted, we was on to Big Daddy Kane, LL Cool J, yeah. and shit like that. So we chose to roll the boom bap way. Okay, mm-hmm. because as a DJ, I think I want to say that other than. Eric B and Rakim, that was like, if I'm correct, the second time I actually ever heard James Brown being sampled. Mm. Because at one point, James Brown being sampled, like spread like fucking wildfire. Everybody mm-hmm. was on that shit. Yeah. And then you guys uh, did Payback Some Other. I, I liked that shit. I was like, who the fuck is that right there? Yeah. Of course, it was James Brown. And then uh, you guys did The Coolest, which to me was a fucking dope ass song. But when I truly, truly became a King T fan, even though I was, but I was sold on you was when you came out with bass, mm. you know? And you know what little part did it for me? Mm. Stop. Pooh dropped that bass. That, oh, my <laughs> God. That's a DJ's yeah. wet dream right there, homie. Yeah. Every DJ cuts that shit Inf- off. Influenced a lot. And the, the West, a lot of people from the West Coast used to hate when I used to say it. But we were very influenced by the East Coast making our early records, you know yes. what I'm saying? It was the only way to go. Of course, uh, when you say boom bap, the very first 
to, for me, the definition of boom bap, and correct me if I'm wrong, or maybe it's a good uh, example, is uh, the Criminal Minded album, uh, Boogie Down Productions. Exactly. That's my shit right there. Yeah. You know, I, I like that. Uh, of course, by all means, necessary, because my favorite rapper from the East Coast is KRS and then Rakim. No doubt. You know, and then from the, uh, of course, from the uh, West Coast, you're up there, top five. You okay. know, because you know, again, I grew up listening to that, cutting it up, D DJing. And one thing that I want to point out for a lot of uh, DJs is that one thing that I think that inspired all of us, including, you know, my boys right here, is the way Pooh used to cut up on the records, mm -hmm. uh, which which is one of the elements of hip hop is DJing, mm -hmm. and which I believe is missing from today's music, mm -hmm. you know, uh, especially on that song, The Genius Is Back. Yeah. And when I first, oh my God, when I heard that, especially because I'm a huge Blowfly uh, <laughs> fan. Yeah. So when I heard the laugh in the very beginning, <laughs> and then I hear you, then I hear Pooh <clears throat> rapping on there. Well, that was Mixmaster's fade little thing right there, you know, that right. laugh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that lets you know, that started off all his mixtapes, and you know what yeah. I'm saying? So that was Mixmaster's fade. Yeah. Now, that's what I wanted to ask you. Uh, uh, how did you end up meeting Spade? Scotty D. That, wow. That's the whole thing. He introduced me to Compton. Okay. He took me to he took I he took me to Mixmaster Spade. He took me to uh, DJ Unknown. When he took me to Spade, they they christened me from Compton. I was young, you know, and wild running around. You know, I moved right around the corner. When I moved to Compton, I moved right around the corner from Mixmaster Spade. Wow, wow. And I was it. sold on him. When I heard, I used to cut up the beat on the two turntables, now yeah. rocking on the mic. Yeah. I he'll was be, like, he would play music for the whole neighborhood in his garage. He'd be in his garage, and the whole neighborhood would be, you know, <laughs> partying. You know what I'm saying? Barbecuing and all. You know what I'm saying? And he'd be in the uh, garage, just ho ho. It's the mix master fade, and, uh, and people loved it. You know, it was such a wonderful time. Of course, of course. Yeah. You know, that that's one another person that uh, when I was doing a documentary um clientele uh shared a lot of stories about uh mix master spade and he was saying if you didn't have a mix master spade you know mixtape back then right you know toddy t yeah yeah so, so and then you of course probably met toddy t through oh man scotty d big old family right there you know? now you know what Let, let's talk about the infamous act of fool album cover right okay Probably to me, my my opinion, <laughs> uh, the most gangster album cover of all time. And that's not what we was looking for. <laughs> but it happened. So you're that right. Was just, that was just uh, one of the pictures that was taken when we was doing our doing our photo shoot with Glenn Freeman. Um, Glenn Freeman is the uh, cat. See, when 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 I got the deal with uh, Capital. And we started working on the Act of Fool album. The first we the first songs we recorded we recorded in New York at Chunk King Studios, same studio. You, like I told you, Pooh took the music out there right. and was working with LL Cool J. So they got they was on this East Coast thing. That's why we went out there to do the boom bap. If you listen to Act of Fool, it's boom bap. It's not West Coast. Yes. It boom boom bap. Hey, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so we recorded our first few songs out there, and um, he, um, we were talking about um, 
I lose my track. The album cover. Right. Yeah, and that's how we met Glenn Freeman. Glenn Freeman shot all Run DMC, LL Cool J, uh, Beastie Boys. He shot all them uh, photos. So we wanted him to shoot our photos. He flew out first time flying out to the West Coast, shot our covers. But he shot a gang of photos. Right. But he loved this one we just shot by a brick wall in Hawthorne. <laughs> you know what I'm saying We lived in the same apartment We lived in this apartment building That just had a, a cool brick wall And I, we just shot that it, You know Now We're in the, we're in the khaki suit Shotgun Yeah Okay And if I'm correct Pool's right there in, right yeah, next. Okay right. Now When you open it up If I'm correct I think Spade is there And Scotty D Yeah Yeah Was Spade, there anybody Spade, Scotty Roger Clayton Roger Clayton Okay Uh uh, Andre Hooper, uh, the the owner of the Cadillac that was on the uh, uh, cover. Um, who else was on there? Uh, some other gangster dudes from Compton that I can't remember. But yeah, that's how. It, if that's you guys want to find out what we're talking about, or Google uh, King T Act of Fool album cover, you'll see what they're talking about. Mm. Dope ass fucking cover. Uh, dope ass fucking al album. I I'll tell you what song really fucking. Gave me the goosebumps when I when I heard you perform it, uh, um, just clowning. Mm. Oh man, with Mixed Master Spade and Breeze yes. yeah. and Breeze. Oh man, now that's funny too. Breeze was that's where I met Breeze too when working on the uh, Act of Fool album in New York. He was out there working on. Uh, he's from New York. Okay. He was out there working on his album that never came out. Okay. Yeah, so. Cool. Mm -hmm. Cool. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and take a 10 minute break. We're going to come right back. And uh, I want to talk about uh, how did you get the deal with Capital? And I want to go through all the songs and ask you certain questions about certain songs. No doubt. Let's so, go. All right, everybody. Uh, once again, make sure you call somebody, text somebody, slap the shit out of somebody. Let them know that King T, the Compton Legends, in the motherfucking building. We'll be back in 10 minutes. Don't fuck around. Welcome back, everybody, to Rodeo Beto episode 134. And uh, you know what? We're just gonna go ahead and jump right back into it with the Compton legend himself, King T in the motherfucking building. Once again, thank you very much for coming. Uh, uh, I, I usually don't say this a lot, but these are the type of interviews that I'm geeked out for because being a DJ, being a fan of hip hop music, to have the guy that, I, I used to bump his shit in my room and my mom would tell me, turn that shit down. Wow. You know, especially bass. And then when bass, the remix came out, Man, and then that if I could 808, uh, 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 kick drum kicked in. We had the 15 inch woofers in the back of a Nissan truck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So everybody, there was not, everybody was bumping bass. And if you say you weren't bumping bass, you're fucking lying. Okay. <laughs> everybody was bumping that shit, especially the cutting, the scratching. Yeah. Uh, uh, like I was telling DJC and, you know, DJ The Gaff that one thing about post production, you're rapping. It, well, bass was produced by Pooh and Bobcat. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Originally. But, but, all the other, like the cutting and scratchings that he would put throughout the, the songs, mm. he made DJs fall in love with that shit, you yeah. know? That's, that, I, I used to love it, yeah. I, yeah. We used to bite the scratches, period, <laughs> you know? Especially cutting up some suckers, that shit was hard, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, it is- DJ Pooh? DJ Pooh, much love, much respect to DJ Pooh, Red. <laughs> <laughs> but now, okay, so now you get signed, well, let me back up a little bit. 
Two records come out on Techno Hop with Unknown DJ. Mm-hmm. And I remember everybody who's a fan knows that at the end of every record, everybody will say, Unknown. No. Uh, that was You Better Bring a Gun. That was a B side. Okay. On the B side. That was a B side to the coolest on Techno Hop. Okay. And uh, that was with the Compton Posse and all mm-hmm. that. Yeah, that was Unknown saying that. Yeah, because, and uh, the. McDonald's on Rosecrans just blew that up. That one, that <laughs> yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Whose idea was to say that or, the, or that that really that happened? That was unknown. Just, we was in there just partying and, and <laughs> yeah, it just happened. <laughs> now, you better bring a gun. If you're ever in Compton, you bet, that was a fucking, because that was a sample from Heartbeat. Yeah. Heartbeat and... Um, DJ Pool. DJ Pool right there. Again. <laughs> you, you know what? For those of you guys who don't know those the songs... The first song I did with Mixmaster Spade. Oh, That really? was the first... First, yeah, first time we was in the studio and everything. That's yeah, it was it was beautiful. Yeah, because I remember the 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 geniuses back. That one was a green label. Yeah, that came later. Right. That, what the, that's after the direct uh, di- deal with Capital and everything. We started working on Mixed Master Space stuff. Okay, now is it true again? Me being from this neighborhood, we hear on the streets that. The genius is back because he had just gotten out of jail. Is that true? Yeah. Okay. Of course. Okay. Yeah. So he was in and out. You know, <laughs> Spade was a true hustler, and I that and as a as a kid, I just like I don't know what the right word is. I used to just I I, I used to idolize that, and that 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 made me want to hustle and 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 gang bang and all right. that because Spade was the man in the hood. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't a, a gang 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 banger. No. He was a true hustler. He, you know, uh dope dealer. Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Spade, he had ca- Cadillacs with laces. He, and I was a kid, 15, uh, 16, 17 years old, driving these cars around. When they put me down, they put me down. So, of course, I'm going to put... Compton, I'm a tattoo yeah. Compton on me, and and claim and yell Compton everywhere I go. You know what I'm saying? These these dudes show me how to do it. Yeah, you know? yeah. As a matter of fact, Pooh was the first one that I heard ever hear him scratch West Coast pop lock California City of Compton. Yeah. On, on that one track, yeah. and then later on, I heard Dre do it on some other songs. Yeah. You know, so. But uh, I know they influenced each other. Homies. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, if you do the stories and just being as young as we were, we were a true family, tight yeah. little circle, man. Dope. Still, uh, still is. So those two songs on Techno Hop come out. Then your bass comes out on a Greg Mac's label, and, and, and this is not Craig Mac. This is Greg Mac, DJ from K Day, and uh, created the Mix Masters and all that. Yes. Yeah. So that that song comes out. What was the response that you got from bass? It was it it, it was huge. Yeah, you know, it, it, and it got me recognized to where I uh, Ice T took a hold of me. Ice T at this time was creating the situation, Rhyme Syndicate management and label because he had to deal with Warner Brothers and all that. So they took Ice took me under his wing. I went on tour with him European tour all that oh, yeah and he got me to deal with Capitol Records now when bass first came out on that silver label yeah how old were you do you remember at that time probably about 17 
Yeah. And touring the world already. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Okay, now let's get, so we you get signed to Capitol. We kind of fast forward a little bit, but I want to bring something up because I have the track listings here. Okay, so track one, you have Act a Fool, which to me is the fucking instant classic, along with the remix of Act a Fool that came out later on a 12-inch. Right. That you, you know, as a matter of fact, Jinx is the one that introduced me to that single. Mm. Then, of course, track two, uh, you did Cold Rock Stuff. Right. And then you had the coolest. And of course you had Flirt. Uh bank bagging on moms. <laughs> As a matter of fact, on that record, that was the one where uh uh you got you got your what was it? Uh something about your mom got so much I got your I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we used to play the dozens a lot. So right. Yeah. Uh, uh what was it? Uh you got so much hair under your underarms, look like you got buckwheat in the headlock. Right, yeah. yeah that one. That shit was hard. Yeah. Then you had, of course, bass remix. Yeah. Uh, Let's dance. Uh, guitar playing. Payback some other. Mm -hmm. Just clowning. I got a cold. Okay, mm -hmm. eleven tracks on that record. Right. Uh, all of them produced by Pooh. I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now let me ask you this: If I had to twist your arm and ask you what was your favorite track on that first album, what would you say? Hmm. Hmm. I, I, that's a, I don't, wow. I would have to say, um, guitar playing. Really? Cause I, uh, I was a co-producer on that. I basically sat in the studio. This is when the SP, you know, yeah. I'm, Pooh taught me how to sample and, you know, I took a hold of it and that's how I got into production. Right. So it, it was, my, I was excited working on that song because I was co-producer. Okay. Flirt was one, two. Okay. Um, after that, it would have to be Let's Dance. It, it was, it was an experience, you know what I'm saying? It was an experience at that young age. Right, right. And now I, I want to give uh, the younger generation a picture of when, what I mean when you said the SP-1200, because I still love the SP-1200. Yeah. You know, I still have all my floppy disks, all yeah. of them from, from the 80s. Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, at the end of this month, I'm gonna have a special guest where we're both gonna bring out our SP-1200s and we're gonna play old school beats, you know? Mm. Now, today you have hours of sampling time if you need them on laptops, you know, where kids can just sample or use right. whatever. Right. Back then we had 10 seconds on an SP-12. Each pad was 2.5, so you had to get creative. And that's why I think music back then is better than today's music that's out now, mm -hmm. because we had less and we got more creative. Today, I feel we have more and the music has dumbed down. My opinion. Yeah. It's it's too simple now. Like, and and you get in straight, you got YouTube now where you, anybody could go learn and, and how to, you know what I'm saying? Back then we didn't have all that. Right, mm. right. Mm. Yeah, back then if you had a snare, you had a truncated, you had a kick, the 808 kick. Oh yeah, kick. that used to be the fun, you know, slow it down. When you sampling, put the- uh, 45. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and it was dope because you could put the record on 45 then slow it down, then it gave yeah. it that grimy sound right. that people today are trying to emulate. What was right. that grimy? eerie sound well you had to slow it down and that was just the sound of the uh, uh the sp12 yeah you know used I, to love it i still love it yeah same here uh 
I heard, I don't know how true it is, but that they're redoing it. I'm not sure if it's Emu that's doing it. They but, already did it. Or did, is it's it out how, already? Uh, uh, Broadway called me the other day, said he had one. It's called the 2400 or something. It, 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 it's not the white one. Is it? I, no, I see. it's the same color and all that. Same, by the same people and everything. Oh, is it, ain't it? Emu? No. It's yeah. not by Emu? The 2400 is by, it's... Um, Somebody different? It's, it's down. Okay. Yeah, but, okay. But yeah, they get it's back. They got something like it back out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, my top three songs off your uh, uh, first album, Act of Fool. I have to say, Act of Fool, and these are not in order. Bass, and I have to say, Just Clowning. Just Clowning. Mm-hmm. I could play to any party and get that motherfucker rocking. Oh, yeah. You know. So those are party rockers right there. Now that album comes out. How far did that album take you? Did you? Tour everywhere with that album? Toured every, yeah, I went on tour with uh, Ice Cube. I went on tour with Too Short. Um, yeah, went on the European tour, all that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, back then, you guys got plaques for gold uh, uh, album, I mean, uh, platinum. Yeah. yeah. Today, you get plaques for streams or whatever. Yeah. It's different because back then, it was, it just felt awesome to receive a a gold plaque for selling a half a million or a right. million records. Today, people get, oh, you know what? Uh, YouTube gave me a plaque or I got plaque for streams and it's just not the same anymore. Nah. That's what I miss of those days, yeah. you know? To, to be able to say that my record is gonna be out on Monday <laughs> and it's Friday at nine o'clock and we can't go to Music Plus, Tower Records, <laughs> Sam Goodies or, you know, yeah. whatever. It's, uh, a whole, it's a whole different situation now. Yeah. yeah trying to you know and we're studying it and trying to figure it out as um me as an old school producer and artist trying to find 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 my way with it you know because he's you know it's a different situation um i don't that i understand streams and yeah uh, are they still, where do I go to? Well, Spotify, Title, it's just all new, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm lost, kind of. You know? That's exactly how I still so feel. So I went and tried to create my own shit okay. <laughs> you know, with Liquid Radio, and we're still building on it, you know what I'm saying? To where basically trying to build another title or um, Sirius or Dash, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, that's all. Yeah, and I know you got you got uh, DJC, DJ The Gap, oh, Radio, yeah. Liquid Radio. Yeah, that's okay. that, you know, that's that's you know one of the best shows we got right now on Liquid Radio. Boom Bap meets the G shit is killing it right now, and we're just creating, just still going, and it'll probably take more years, five years from now, but we're gonna be there. You know, what that's saying? dope. Yeah. That's dope. Okay, so now. Um, uh, that record comes out. You know what? Now, now here's an interesting question because today, people could finish up an album, let's just say within a month, maybe even a month and a half. Back then, do you remember how long it took from bass? I mean, from active full from the time you started to the end of that record. How long did it take you guys to create that album? A month. Really? Yeah. A month. Wow. So that means you guys have been working every single day. Every day. Yeah. Uh, about. Um well, I, I say a month recording the album, right? And about uh, a a week and a half mixing, you know, because that's where 
that's what it's all about, the mix. The mix. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Who, to this day. Who engineered that? Was, was it still Bacic on that first album? Bacic on, yeah. Okay, okay. That's how we learned about mixing and, and engineering from Bacic. Okay. Yeah. Now, so this album, uh, um, uh, uh, Act the Fool, comes out. How long before the next one, which is Play at Your Own Risk, album drops? Well, it's usually about a year. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And... When I got the deal with Capitol, um, it was a deal for, I think, three albums. Mm -hmm. So we tried to knock that out real quick, you know, so we could get to the next level of our deal, which would just be more money and right. uh, less constraint that they have on us and all that. So, you know, we, we worked pretty fast. It was like every year we did mm -hmm. Act of Fool, Next, the next, no, after the next, after that, it was a year and a half probably. And we came out with At Your Own Risk. Because that Act of Fool came out in 1988, mm -hmm. and then At Your Own Risk came out in 1990. Yes. Yeah. And then I think the next one was 92, if I'm correct, uh, uh, which was. The trifling album, 93. Okay, 93. 93. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's look a little bit at the, the trifling album. Okay. Mm. okay, let me see. Just to make sure I got the right one. Okay. That one has uh, uh, At Your Own Risk, obviously the first uh, first track. First in uh, the intro, then At Your Own Risk. Then it has uh, Rough Rhyme, which is... No. That's the Trifling album? Let me make sure. Let me make sure. That's At Your Own Risk. Okay. Trifling album. At Your Own Risk. Yes. Um, at Your Own Risk, uh, Rough Rhyme. Mm-hmm. On the dance tip, J. Yeah. Faye Dre, Scandalous, <laughs> uh, Take You Home. This You, I thought was an interesting song. It yeah, was something me too. Okay. I thought it was interesting. Now, <laughs> who who produced that track? Uh, Pool. It was a, uh, I think we worked with Bilal Bashur on that mm -hmm. and Rashad Coles. Okay. From, he, see, Rashad Coles was part of a, a production team that we created called the Boogeyman. Yes. DJ Poole, Bobcat. Uh, I was a loose affiliate with it. Um, and DJ Poole. I said, yeah. yeah. And uh, Rashad Coles. Okay. He yeah. Was, I, um, I like that song. You know, you know what I thought it was kind of on, to be honest with you? Because during that time, you had. Um, What's his name? Tone Local Wild Thing. He had a young MC. That, that's the only reason that song was created, and I was paid to. Re I was paid to make it. I'm, I'm not trying to take anything from it, um, the, but I I really didn't want to do it. But I I was paid to do it. They, they bought me a Benz. This okay. you got to realize. This was the time that uh, Wild Thing. Uh, What's the move? What's the move? They you yeah. know this was the hot shit in New in on the West Coast and our uh, A&R, which didn't know really nothing about urban music. They didn't have no urban department at Capitol Records when they signed me. They didn't have no R, they had an R&B, but they didn't have no, um, they didn't know nothing about rap. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? They they had a pop department. We I, pop The pop department is actually who signed me, Tim Devine and all that. Mm -hmm. All they, they had, uh, the only rap they had was uh, the Boogie Boys, and that was out of the East Coast. So that, right. you know, 
Boogie Boys, Fly Girl. Fly Girl, You Ain't Fresh. Right. <laughs> but the, it was, but that was coming out of the East Coast, you know. So okay, they didn't know what to do, and they asked me to do it. They gave me twenty thousand. Twenty thousand back then was like, shit. I'm rich. <laughs> right, right, right. And it came out as a single, and I remember Steve told we me. We did a video, everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I put it on a mixtape as, as well. Dang. And uh, uh, I should diss you. That was a, a remake or a sample from Rolling Stones. Yeah. Okay, for those of you that want to look that song up. Our A&R at that time, didn't the, Tim Devine, was friends with uh, somebody that controlled the Rolling Stones music catalog and all that. Oh, shit. So, yeah, so it was easy to get. Yeah. Okay. Then you had uh, track nine, uh, Time to Get Out. Then track 10, Can This Be Real, which was a dope-ass song. And then, of course, you had uh, E. Get Swift, uh, Do Your Thing, King T Production, uh, Play Like a Piano, another fucking dope-ass cut. Now, uh, let me ask you on this one. If you had a favorite song. On that album? On that album, yes. It would have to be uh, Play Like a Piano. Yes. Um, at your own risk, um, because I mostly produced that. Mm -hmm. Anything that I was was more involved in, I really took you know serious. You know right, right. I would have to say my favorite top three on here is at your own risk, rough rhyme, and I would say play like a piano. Yeah. And no specific order; those are just the shit that I used to just bump. Yeah. You know, again, because I'm a huge King T fan. So, uh, so now let's move on to the third record, which is the the trifling. Mm -hmm. Okay, this one has a uh, um, a lot of cuts on here. I think it's like let me see, oh sixteen, uh, drunk drunk technique. Yeah, it, it was also the time where you know I took I think I took more control of King T because everything before that it was me and Pope. Me and Pooh made decisions on whatever, half and half. We split it all money and all that. But see, by this time, um, Pooh was into, he was pro producing other people yeah. like Ice Cube, uh, Dale, uh, Funky Homo Sapien, Yo-Yo, all that he he would bring me in too for production and all that. That's what I mean by the uh, boogeyman. Yeah. But I took I took more control of the, that third album, and I bought my crew along the alcoholics, and that's where the liquid started. Those, by the way, the, once again, those first three albums, uh, the covers again. Yeah, the, all Glenn Freeman. All yeah. of, we used him for all the covers. Yeah, you guys look look up the first three album covers as well. Uh, Act the Fool, once again, uh, At Your Own Risk, and then the Trifling album, okay? Um, of course, I Got a Bad Y'all. Um, that's when you guys are introducing the alcoholics, if I'm correct? Yes, yeah, first single, too. First single. Mm -hmm. That shit was fucking hard. On the Rocks, I remember it was funny because um, you guys had a lot of like... Um, um, Drunk like skits. Hey, quit bumping the stern table. <laughs> King T's drunk again. Yeah. That shit is hard, man. Yeah. That shit is hard. Okay. That was the beginning of the licks. You know, we bringing the alcoholic crew in. You know, yeah. It, it was a time where everybody was bringing their crews on board, like um, uh, the Terror Squad, mm -hmm. uh, Lynch Mob, and th that was the time of the crews. You know. Yeah. Yeah. 
You know, speaking of Cruz, I know you've seen Straight Outta Compton. Yeah. Um, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being 100% real, mm. on a scale of one to 10, uh, <laughs> no, come on now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> next question, right? All right. <laughs> okay, next. Okay. Well, okay, I'll say, uh, I mean, come on. That's Hollywood. You know what I'm okay. saying? I mean, it's not going to be 100%. So I'll say about 65, 70% real. Okay. You know, because they, I, I was there. I know a lot of stuff and, and I didn't see a lot of that. So maybe that's just my personal opinion and, and, and all that, but it was a great movie. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And I'll tell you why I liked it because I ended up getting caught up in the whole 80s scene yeah. again that I forgot that I was watching an NWA movie. I felt like I was just watching an 80s movie. Yeah. And I enjoyed it like that. I mean, I thought it was a dope fucking movie. Yeah. And then people ask me, do you think it's real? I just liked it, bro. You know? Yeah. It was real. The, what they showed was real, but a lot of, well, a lot of, uh, some of it was a little, they put a lot on. Right. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, they, it was you know they kept a lot of stuff out right mm. okay okay well maybe i'm mean they kept me out <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well i mean you used to be audio treatments a lot audio treatments yeah. here in the city of Torrance. i mean i used to open for them every time we went on tour together i mean me and dre tore up hotels together all that so that's just me through being... tvs out the window yeah <laughs> how you know about that <laughs> i did my homework <laughs> i did my homework so, uh, just Blotton at your own risk, King T's beer. Uh, we got the Be fat King joint. T's beer stand yeah. with Ice Cube. Yeah, you're right. With that wasn't nothing but a St. Ives commercial. Right. Now, one thing about my boy Omar right here, mm -hmm. huge fan of yours. Mm -hmm. We have a CD of all your St. Ives commercials. Yeah. Okay. So, just mine? Well, the, the ones you wrapped. Because uh, uh, it's a CD with all of them. Okay, then I don't remember which ones we no, had. No, all, all St. Ives commercials with Biggie and Tupac. Oh, no, these were just yours. Oh, okay. Th these were just yours. Mm. Because uh, at least, correct me if I'm wrong, you were the first one that did it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We, and we asked, the first person we asked to do one was Ice Cube, and then it went on from there. You right. know what I'm saying? Now, once again, for the younger generation, St. Ives was a 40-ounce beer. Yeah. Okay, it was a beer. And I remember I even saw commercials where I saw Pooh in the commercials. Yeah, and we I think, did a TV commercial, yeah. Yeah, and that was kind of like the beginning of like the comedy side of you guys coming out, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. which, was, which was so fucking dope. Uh, I'm just trying to see how much time we got. Okay, cool. Then we got um, uh, Where the Hoes At, uh, uh, <laughs> Ho Before the Homie. And then uh, blow my socks off, okay. And then let me see, blow my socks off. Uh, trifling, and I'm not gonna say the N I G G A right. word, but uh, black together again. Mm -hmm. Bust that ass. Yeah. The great. I had to twist your arm. Favorite song off of here. Damn. Hmm. See, I'm gonna have to just say a, a, it's a few. It's more than a few because I I controlled more of that mm -hmm. album. 
Okay. I, I that was one of my favorite albums. That's why when I did my mixtape, I called it the trifling. You know. Right. Uh, but I could. I got it bad because that video. My it was one of the best videos I I did with the alcoholics. Um, don't put a hole before the homie. Uh huh. With Ice Cube and Deadly Threat. Um, the great. You know, I had to okay. say the great. I got a bad job. Also was on there was the remix of At Your Own Risk, I think. Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. With Marley Maul. Okay. And that's... The, At Your Own Risk, uh, the, they call it the Buddha mix. Yeah. Yeah, with Marley Maul. Yeah. yeah, damn, Marley Maul. Yeah. <laughs> now, we're not talking about Molly Maul. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is Marley Maul, the, the real Juice one. Crew. Yeah. Volleyball. Yeah, so that that's all I'm gonna say. The juice crew from the East Coast. Right. That's the guy with Jingling Baby, uh LL yeah. classics. I think one of the first guys that I ever heard sample impeach the president. And then Jure really? and Jure oh, did yeah. it. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> NC Shan. Yeah. See, these are deep this is who I modeled the liquid crew after. The juice crew. Uh, MC Shan, Big Daddy Kane, Cool G Rap. Uh, Roxanne Shante, DJ Molly Mall, you know that's my favorite shit right, right there, right. and that's that's what I was going for. You know what was, what was one of my favorite songs to cut up back in the day? Remember, uh, I think it was called Bang Zoom, uh, the real Roxanne and Howie T. Yeah, remember when she did that song, Drifting on a Memory. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, 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 man, yeah, dude. Fuck, when I hear some of those songs, they make me want to fucking cry because I love those times, man. man. You know, I mean, that was the day that, like, I couldn't wait to go to the fucking record store. I want two, you know? Man. Take two records, go home, and fuck them up. And then man. sometimes what I used to do, I used to keep two records brand new and then grab the other two records, sli slice it open, tape everything, keep the plastic on, and then put them in the plastic sleeve that <laughs> I took care of my shit. That's a DJ, boy. Yeah. True DJ. Take care of my shit. So, yeah. I mean, and then when you go over these guys' crib, they got all fucking records right there, too. Right. Now, uh, uh, um, I want to go ahead and give a shout out because somebody kept asking me for a song that I use on one of my mixtapes. I want to say it right now, uh, Dizzle Daz, um, that one song. Remember at the very end, Compton's in the house. Uh, uh, it's my turn. It's my turn by Dizzle Daz. Ding, 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 ding. And everybody used to speed it up. Yes, <laughs> yes. So those of you that asked, because I sampled it, and I put it under I'm Not Your Puppet on a mixtape. Mm -hmm. And I think at the end of the documentary, it's Dizzle Daz, it's my turn. So yeah. go ahead and... Google that, and yeah. that's yours. Yeah. So, uh, and a lot of you guys have been asking about that other song that I played during the breaks. I'm not going to tell you. So, wow. <laughs> anyways, yeah, because they'll be biting my shit. So, you know what? Because some guy asked me, hey, man, what, what song is that? I said, why? Because I want to play it on my podcast. No, you know? <laughs> shit. But, uh, <laughs> so here's what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and take another 10-minute break. We're going to come right back. And we want. I know we're going to speed up a little bit because I want to talk about you signing with Aftermath. Right. Okay. And a little bit about Hanging out with Sugar and them at death row. No doubt. All good. Okay, everybody. Once again, make sure you call somebody, text somebody. You know the rest. I'm about to start drinking. So the alcoholics just entered into the building. So we'll be back <laughs> 10 minutes. Are we live? We're live. Hell shit. <laughs> Is everybody in? Okay. Hey, uh, episode 134, King T drunk again. So King T, my friend, yes. my brother. Okay. Um, 
I poured you a shot. Yeah. So, because I'm going to start drinking a little bit. Okay. When I say a little bit, I'll usually end up taking like six of these motherfuckers. Oh. And then I'll end up regretting everything the next day. But anyways. Got to put you down with the liquid. Dude. Yes, 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 yes. So, you know what? Let's take one toast. And I always like to say to a long and prosperous life. No doubt. So, much love, much respect, brother. More blessings. Ah, shit. Okay. Yes. Um... It's funny how we've been to a lot of the same places. Well, mostly I, I've been to audio achievements. I only been to death row one time. And I went once again, it was almost like- You're talking about Can-Am. Correct, right. correct. And um, it's like Scotty D was like, was like my Steve Yano, right. you know, met everybody through him. And um, so you were at, at uh, and when I say Ruthless, talking about audio achievement studio, cause uh, that's where that one song, All in the Same Gang was recorded, mm -hmm. okay. Um, so you end up going to death row, not necessarily signing with them, but you're there while they're recording and... No, 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 no. I think you have it confused. You mean Ruthless? No, are you were Ruthless first, meaning like you were going there... Mm -mm. Okay, maybe you're not understanding. You, are you talking about Aftermath? No, no, it's Ruth. Here's where I'm going at. Ruthless, death row, and then Aftermath. Because uh, you ended up signing to Aftermath, correct? Right after I I ended up signing to Aftermath right after Universal, right MCA, right okay the no, dipping song uh huh okay okay no but I guess the question that I was asking you is when Dre and them were recording the first Chronic album, you were around oh them. yeah because like I said we were always a tight knit circle right. circle you know what I'm saying you know NWA just took off and you know. Right. And everybody was doing their own thing, but we always kept in contact and visit, you know, visit each other and want to hear each other's shit, right? You know? So, yeah, but yeah, um, yeah, I, I used to pop up on they pop up on me, but yeah, it wasn't about no signing or anything. No, no, I mean, no. We didn't even make it. We didn't even really do music together. We just was trying to keep it on the keep that friendship level. Um, uh, barbecues with your family, the moms and uncles, right. and that type of shit. You know. Okay. Yeah. Now, now let me ask you something that maybe a lot of people don't ask you. When you first heard the Chronic album, okay, and even though I'm sure you were there when they were creating it, yeah. what was your opinion on it? I, it was. Uh, well, you got to go back to Deep Cover. Yeah. When Dre, you know, did and bought the kid Snoop, it was just like, wow, it was phenomenal. You know what I'm saying? I love the ways, it, it was just something different. You know, Snoop created his own lane and and then they w created the death row shit and it was phenomenal. The Chronic was like a whole new sound. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was the, they put on, they put, and they gave you the visual of the, the Compton gangster shit. I think, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Because nobody else was doing that. They didn't, they didn't, they wasn't scared to show you how it really went down in Compton and how they partied and the picnics and the, <laughs> you know, you know, we wasn't, people got to realize too, when I was working on my music, the, that capital and things like that, we couldn't even rap about, the shit and that Snoop 
was rapping about right. I'm too short and all you know what I'm saying bitch and fucking bitches and they wouldn't let me rap and killing niggas they wouldn't let me rap about that shit because uh, if I'm correct back then like the way they did with us whenever High C wrote something they'd want to read it yeah and it, no you can't say this no 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 it wasn't about reading they we were recorded and no we we're not you can, you know we're, you got to change some of that and all that man. I got some shit in the car with me and the alcoholics and all that that I wanted to put out before I got it bad. They turned all that down when I did the uh, um, before I did dipping on when I was working on that album. Me and the alcoholics and exhibit. It was a lot of shit they didn't let us put out. But soon as Biggie hit, soon as Snoop hit, Tupac, oh, it was what fucked it up was uh, Cop Killer. Yeah, you know, and uh, NWA fuck the police and all right. that. So we, you got to realize we was signed to a major. Right. It wasn't going that if we were independent, they couldn't do nothing about it. But they would. They was yeah. They was on. Yeah, because I know Ice T's cop killer made fucking headlines. Headlines. Yeah. I mean, and of course uh, everybody got scared after that. Yeah, fuck the police, and then they were just like, nah, no more. But see. Easy, Dre, and you know, they were independent. Yeah. So they, like, yeah, they had a little bit more room to release shit. Yeah. Okay. So now let me ask you this because now a lot of people always hear stories on the streets, and you don't have to go into details, but uh, uh, and they hear stuff from the movie. Uh, was a lot of that shit real um, that we hear about what was going on at Death Row as far as the studio, as far as the Shugs, the the fights, the people getting beat up and shit like that. Seventy-five to eighty percent, yeah. Uh, you know, like I said, well, you talking about street gossip or movies, like uh, shit. Whether <laughs> because street movie, gossip, I guess. If yeah, if you heard it in the street, it was probably real. If you see it in a uh, documentary, or they're gonna put a lot on it. They're gonna Hollywood eyes. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they do. Yeah, yeah. Because I think that's what people love uh, in Spanish. They cheese me. People love gossip. So mm -hmm. if you put a little bit more on there, it sounds juicier. And people, right. you the, know. the 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 producer, the the writer, and all that. They're gonna put their two cents in. Nah, this gonna make it better. Nah, and all that. You know. But yeah, it it was it was like that. You know. Yeah. Not not with the the circle. Right. But, you know, people saw who they could uh, punk and who they could take advantage of, and they did. That's yeah. what this, this business is about. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got to be on your game. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember uh, talking to one of the guys that was signed there, and I'm ne I'll never say no names, but when I bring it up to him and I asked him, he he got real, real fucking serious. He was all smiles, and, but, and he got like, yeah, man, I just, you know, uh, I was just trying to get the fuck out of there, you know? Wow. Yeah, and then another guy, and we're talking about multi-platinum artists. I asked him uh, when I was interviewing him for the documentary. Mm. Once again, not to mention their names, he was all smiles when I said, hey, man, were those, some of those stories true? Mm. And he just went like, yeah, man, I, I, I just wanted to get out of there. I, I just, it almost made it fucking seem like it was a horror movie, at least it, to these two individuals. Yeah, the thing is, People wanted to be, these people that wanted to be down with death row, 
you saw what Death Row was about. Death Row was about Death Row. You, you putting out, they putting out gangster shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it attracts regular uh, square ass niggas. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And they come and when they, it, when they get when they get into it, oh, they're talented and all that, you know what I'm saying. Right. But when it's time to deal with this gangster shit that Death Row is about, are you about that? Right. You know what I'm saying. Are you ready to stand up for yourself or protect yourself? And and if you bitch up, or are you punk up? That's just where it goes. Yeah, it's just where it goes. Okay. So <clears throat> Dre leaves Death Row. He starts. Aftermath, and you said you were there actually before mm -hmm. it was actually called Aftermath. It, it has another name, mm -hmm. uh, but you ended up getting signed to Aftermath. Can you share how that ended up happening? I was uh, uh, hunted down by DJ Bobcat once again and uh, Daryl Pierce. They were actually AR. Well, Bob was a producer with Aftermath, and and what and uh, Daryl was a and r okay they didn't have the after they were trying to figure out what they were going to call it but yeah they got me in there quick because me and dre had already you know i was leaving universal because i didn't have a record deal with mca universal me and broadway dj broadway had a like a production deal right with um and that was over with after the dipping album and all that because basically got robbed you know, okay. so, so I was looking for a situation. It was the perfect time. It was just perfect timing and everything. Okay. You know? So you ended up getting signed there. Yeah. Um, who started the production on your album? Mm. It was uh, a Aftermath team. Okay. First person I went in the studio with was, D was Glove. Okay. We did... Um, no, first producer I went in was with Butter and worked on the song um, Fame. Uh, that's on the Aftermath compilation. Then we did Straight Gone. Okay. And uh, then me and Glove did That's Drama. That, and it was on after that. Dre was like, hey, do whatever you want. You know, it yeah. was on. And I... I loved it. It was like, it was a, just a whole different vibe. It was just, I was in heaven. And I think I made some of the best music I've ever made over there. Not taking anything from the things I'd done with Poole and, and Bob. It was just a different, because Dre was different. It, he wasn't on the NWA shit no more. He, if you listen to that uh, aftermath compilation, it's just a whole different vibe, yeah. you know what I'm saying, than what he was doing. Okay. Now, um, I was disappointed, and I'm trying to choose the right words because um, I heard the album. Yeah. Okay. And uh, if I'm correct, it never got released. My album? Right. What I'm no. saying is... I, the aftermath compilation or the thy kingdom come out yes that one yeah now the word on the street was and when i said the word on the street is amongst producers djs or whatever that it got shelved it got it got put on hold it, okay um how much truth is is there to that it's, it's well i me i didn't i didn't want to when i was when it was going down i didn't want to 
I didn't want to give it a chance to get shelved. So I asked to be released. Oh, no shit. Yeah. I asked to go. Okay. Because it would, like you said, it was talk that it was going to be shelved. That was Dre's thing. If he didn't hear, and I can't, that's why, that's why I say I should, you know, I shouldn't have, that, I regret that because I should have just sat my ass down and got it to the uh, point to where he felt comfortable with it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And at, 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 at that time too, he also signed Eminem. Okay. So Eminem was like coming with that blah, 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 blah. And he just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I can't be mad at that. And so that intimidated me a lot. And that's, that's my brother, that's my homeboy. Let me roll. Let me go somewhere else. Let me put it out myself. He didn't or he didn't give me no trouble. Okay. All right. And I ended up going taking it trying to take it to Ruthless with okay. Tamika. Yes. And um he 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 granted her permission and all that. Things just didn't work out like it was supposed to. Um it was some some internal things with my management and uh Tamika at the time. Tamika was doing Tamika was doing a lot of weird shit at the time, you know. So, you know, it just didn't happen. And let me keep it one hundred, I wasn't feeling what I was doing after I left mm. Dr. Dre. Right. right. It, I didn't have that feeling no more. Even what he let me leave with the music. Right. It's just, if I'm not gonna have that machine behind me. Yeah. And you know, the music I'm making now over here with Ruthless, ah, it ain't the same, you know? Right, right, right. Know. And the same vibe, the same atmosphere, just it. Nobody, nobody, nobody works like Dre. And and that he, when I was working on my album, I had carte blanche, it was just, you know, it was beautiful. Any producer I wanted to work with, from Pete Rock to DJ Quick to who who you want to mix album? DJ Pool, you know, you know what I'm saying? Wow. You know, whatever you want. And it's Dr. Dre, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, know? Well, you know, just for the people that may not know your history or the history of Dre as far as him as a producer, because uh, one thing that I like to try to cover, T, is that Maybe 10 years from now, uh, there's a 10-year-old kid, he'll be 20, he's looking at this interview and he wants to know who Dr. Dre is for some reason. Uh, uh, when you said no one works like Dr. Dre, what, 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 can you elaborate a little bit more on that for those that may not know what you went through as far as what you experienced? Well, uh, through my career, uh, making uh creating three projects with capital creating the project with mca it was controlled you know what i'm saying there was a budget yeah you know what i'm saying but none of that with dre mm. he made you feel he he made you feel comfortable he, he don't worry about no bills no shit give me look oh you are you in debt are you whatever you need to have your mind right. You need to have, you need to be comfortable right. for you to create. And he's heard me, he's heard music by me. You know, we know, yes. you know what I'm saying? So 
he probably saw, you know, uh, the possible, you know, what I could put, you know, and he saw my, my hustle when I got in the studio. I right. never wanted to leave that motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Working with his team and, and at, at, when it come time to work with Dr. Dre, we flew out. We flew to another. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man. Wow. So, yeah. So what I'm saying is he, your mind got to be right. Let's get your bills out the way. Is your mama all right? She need a house? What, what, your kids cool? What, what, what? Wow. So he took care of all of that. Now, go do your work. And you have no worries. I came with the best the best shit I've ever come. I got, man. Wow. Wow, that's awesome. I heard the record. I loved it. And I'm going to tell you this. When I first found out that King T was signed to Aftermath, as a fan... As a DJ and a producer, real fans was were saying yes, yes, finally, you know, because uh, we know your work with Pooh and we loved it, mm. but now you're with Dre, and it, I think it was just that time. It yeah. was it was coming at it was supposed to come at the perfect time. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It, it I grew into what it was supposed to be. You know what I'm saying. It was that time, and. It was just a lot going on back then, so it, it. I don't know if it was on its way to get shelled because we shot a video. Um, um, we had a single ready, but me hearing what you what you said, rumors and gossip, I jumped the gun. Yeah, and and I asked, and and he didn't. <laughs> He didn't give me no trouble, you know what I'm saying? You, you know, from the time that you signed with them and the time you left, how long would you say that was? About two years. I signed with them and um, right out, it was supposed to come out in 98. So I signed with them in like 90. So no, I say about a year. It was okay. a year. Wow. And and um, and like by your own admission, you said, you know what? I shouldn't have left. You, know, nah. you jumped the gun. Yeah. Okay, now uh, back to that album. Uh, for the people that may not know, that that did you ever release that record? No, uh, I don't. I don't know what happened, but it got a lot of the music uh, got bootlegged. None of the true shit. Oh, okay. But a, a lot, a lot of uh, sessions got put on, got bootlegged, and shit like that. And I wonder which copy I have because I have a copy of that record. But uh, um, like is I said, is it a turkey on it? No, I know. The, is, is it? It's the one turkey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the bootleg. Okay. Then I guess we're gonna have to get the real one from King Team. <laughs> I, I, if I can get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, um, now that album cover was actually a little bit different, if I'm correct, from the because uh, it was when you were sitting on a chair. Yeah. Okay. From the first three albums, I thought that yeah. was different. I thought that was dope. Yeah. You know, but keep in mind. King it was T a fans. new King T. Yes. Yeah. Yes. King T fans and we were excited and it never came out. So that was a disappointment to all of us. Mm. So so now um, if we speed up a little bit ahead, um, what is for the fans that love King T, that love his music, that still bump his shit, what can people expect 2021? Whether it's, um, you know, Podcasts, whether it's radio, whether it's music, what do you have in the works? Well, I'm doing a lot. I mean, uh, I mean, 
How can I say this? It's like it was. It's I'm just now getting waking up and getting trying to get back. You know what I'm saying? Because I left. You know, I lost. I lost my daughter and all. It, a whole lot of stuff happened to where I kind of fell under. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry to hear that. I'm like you know what I'm saying? You know, uh, got divorced. A lot of bullshit happened. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And and I take a lot of blame up for it because, you know, depression is a motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? I, um, I don't, I haven't been on a, a mic trying to rap in about three or four years. I haven't written anything. I I'm I'm getting antsy. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if I still got it or whatever. So, but I I I've been getting into the business more. My production side, uh, something I've I've always wanted to do. Like like I said, my dreams was just to become a DJ, a, dis- a DJ B on the turntables. Right. So I created my own radio station, uh, stream or whatever, and just building that, and it's becoming real fun. Working with people like Boom Bap meets the G shit. Uh, the uh uh Ricky Waters and well me and Ricky uh me and uh Jimmy Bones created it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Let me shout him out. But you know, it's just the journey is is I'm I'm seeing more of the journey I have I've I've had and I'm enjoying that more in creating business. You know what I'm saying? I'm working with uh my brother Exhibit on the yeah. the cannabis line, Napalm and that's blowing up and so you know um we'll see about me getting back on the mic i i would love to get with my brothers um from the liquid crew and 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 create a album that would probably be the next king t album with with my crew okay about it. well i believe king t still has a lot of music in him mm. but let me say this to you if anything, just give us one more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just give us one more because there's a lot of us fans that love your shit, you know. Yeah. Now, I know you said that, um, you know, your mind was free when you were at Aftermath and you you were working on some of your best stuff there. Not to cut you off, I would want the fans to uh, recognize the the people that King T has put on. Like uh, the licks and uh, exhibit and so forth, the the crew and all that from Raz and and all that and everybody that was gra- uh, that gravitated towards the uh, lick uh, the liquid crew, Planet Asia, Dilated, all you know, Lupac, whatever. Right. Take that and watch what we do with Liquid Radio, how we put people on, and you know what that's I'm saying? Awesome, man. Yeah, that's that's what the legacy I want to leave for my children and things like that because yeah the music is fine my kids really don't like my music you know what <laughs> what my kids is on you know they on the Wiz Khalifa and, and Lil Baby and all that and all that's good it's good but it's got to be bigger than rap you know what I'm saying yes it's got to be bigger than rap that's awesome that's awesome where I was going with my question is, you know, how you said you, you created some of your best music was with Aftermath. Um, if I had to ask you 
King T's favorite album? Which one, I asked you your favorite songs. Mm -hmm. Which would you say would be your favorite album of all? I haven't done my best yet. That's a good answer. I haven't done it yet. Because the reason why I say that's a good answer because that makes us fans happy. Yeah, and 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 it's it's generational. You know what I'm saying? It, I I got to keep it one hundred when I when you were talking about the early work and the songs you were naming and then I, I I hear it in my head. It was like oh. You know, I'm not hating on my own shit, but I don't know if artists are like this. You know, I'm, I'm hard on myself. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I didn't do that right. I could have did that better, but you know what I'm saying? I played a role, you know what I'm right, saying? Right, right, right. I haven't did my best yet because it's always going to get better. Yes, yeah. yes. And you know what? No, there's a lot of artists that feel that way that when I interviewed him here, I, I've had Raz here, Krista Glove, and, and you know what? I didn't really like that song. No, that song was a shit. I didn't really like it. And I and I, I get it, you know. Mm. You know, my first album, believe it or not, I produced High C's first album, okay? Mm. And uh, we were, uh, I say lucky enough because I was not a producer. I was like you, just wanted to be a DJ. Mm. Started doing mixtapes, we got a record deal. Eventually we got a gold record. Mm. Uh, to me, that was like, okay, I got my dream. I'm done. Right. But people tell me, oh, you know what? That was so dope. In my mind, I'm like, I thought that album was all right, you know. I was just barely learning and shit, you know. But so I understand how you feel, you know. But now, other than that, uh, once again, anything that I didn't ask you, anything you want to promote, you know, T, because look, it, your 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 career is so big, it's impossible to cover in two hours. Okay, and as much as I want to sit here and talk about fucking Compton Indoor and you know, <laughs> no, suits we and all we all enjoyed it. I, I'm 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 I was blessed. Uh, I'm gonna I, take another shot. I don't know if you want one. Come on, man! I created the crew. Hell yeah! Now I'm, now we talking alcoholics. Now we talking. Salud, salud. King T's drunk again. <laughs> but no. Uh, the way I look at it now is, is, like I said earlier, the journey. And it's all about the journey and, and looking back and seeing the mistakes, seeing the flaws and, and, and the, uh, the, um, uh, uh, the failures. I've had a lot of failures. Um, a lot of losses, and I'm still here. You know what I'm saying? Still going. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, and it's all about liquid. It's all about Compton, and 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 if anybody want to get down, just you know what I'm saying. You know what liquid about? Um, we don't fuck with that whack shit. It's a lot of whack shit out here. I'm not putting out. I'm not putting down this new generation because they're part of the liquid too. Yeah. We gotta we gotta mess with this new generation because we once was that gener that new yes. generation, and and the way people are di uh, dissing the new generation uh, and the the kind of rap they do they used to do the same to us, and I'm talking King T and WA that shit ain't gonna last. Uh, Easy, uh, th they say the same shit about mumble rap or what? I, what is mumble rap? I guess guys I've actually never heard somebody mumble on a song. 
I guess uh, uh, what um, people call mumble rap, at least what people have told me, were groups like um, the Meagles. Right. So. Oh, I call that drug rap. Okay, that. They're high. Right. And they got they got millions of motherfuckers out there that's high too. Yeah. That understand what they're doing. Yeah. Why you mad? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Is it, it? It got millions of motherfuckers that understand it. Yeah. And they're that's we we created the pl the platform and and the for them to do that. Let's be happy for them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, hip hop. Is supposed to, if if we didn't have them, hip hop would be dead. Like they saying it's dead. It's not dead. It's evolving. It's you know. I heard Marley Mall say it's like evolution. You know what I'm saying? It, it, they're carrying it on. We're we're, <laughs> we're we're supposed to be the executives now. We're supposed to be the ones pumping them now and 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 pushing their creativity. Things change. Yeah. Generations change, man. Right. You know? Right. Now, I will say this in the defense of people that don't want to change. Um, we want to continue to hear King T act the fool, uh, <laughs> play at your own rhythm. <laughs> right. There's a lot of us knuckleheads out there like that. Okay. Now, I'm going to switch channels up a little bit, and I want to ask you something that I usually ask my guests at the beginning of our show. Mm -hmm. And I want to hear King T's answers. Okay. Your top five, if you will, East Coast albums or top five East Coast groups? Mm, Tribe Called Quest, Biggie, uh, Biggie. Um, why I gotta be East Coast though? Well, because we're gonna come to the West Coast next. No, I'm not even talking about the West Coast. Oh, okay. Is Detroit the East Coast? Yeah. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Slum Village, uh, Little Brother. Uh, I could go on and on. <laughs> um, Elzai. Uh, did I say that right? Elzi, Elzai. Um, I could go on and on. I'm a. I'm a. Um, I don't know. A lot of West Coast people was mad at me in the beginning. I was just an East Coast head. You know what I'm saying? I didn't, I didn't listen to nothing, but Coolio was the one that was mad at me because I, there was nobody at on the West Coast that rapped like LL Cool J. Right, right, right. You know, he's he the one made me want to pick yeah. up a pen. Tila Rock. Tila Rock, yeah. Grandmaster Kaz. Uh, these, you know, the Cold Crush Brothers, uh, Treacherous Street, Kumo D, Special K, uh, okay. uh, you know what I'm saying? These are the cat. you know, I used to imitate Prince Whip a Whip. Um, but this is because I used to get the tapes and, and hear this from the, you know, right. on East Coast radio and all that. Um, the Funky Four Plus One. They had a female in there. It's like, yo. Sequence. All right. <laughs> we gonna funk you, right? You know what I'm saying? That's all we was listening to. Yeah. You know. That, we, that's we where did, it came from. That's how we learned. Right. We, you know, we were on to more the electro. Yes. Yes. You know, Uncle Jam's Army, that's our base. Yes. Yes. That's baby. my base. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And all that music was... 122 beats per minute or over. Uh, uh, <laughs> Breathing. Uh, uh, 
Uh, yeah, that's what that was. And what it was about with me, though, was they were the best DJs. Yes, yes. Nobody could fuck with our DJs. And that was my heart. I wanted to be a DJ. So I, that's what it, But when it come, came to rap, East Coast was, that's where it originated. Yeah, you yeah. Uh, the last time I was in Harlem, I went to go visit with Cool Herc DJ this party. Yeah. I went there and I was like, this is this is like the, the Garden of Eden. From here, everything went out, you know? And uh, we gotta give it up. Like, I was an East Coast fan. I fuck it. Spoonie G, I'm the Godfather. <laughs> I'm the Godfather. I mean, come on, man. I mean, that was all of our shit. I mean, it was just the style, especially Big Daddy Kane and get it that, when I heard get into it, you know what I'm saying? On, t on that break beat, I was like, <laughs> okay, I, I remember. Okay, I, I remember when I was got a record deal. One of the first things that I did, I had a band. I had a band, and I, you know, here's what I did. I went and got a Regal, put Danes on it, mm -hmm. and I said the first song that I'm gonna play is Big Daddy Kane, and I put the cassette in Smooth Operator, a Big Daddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the shit right there. Yeah. So, but yeah, so people can get mad and say whatever. We're just giving it up, yeah. you know. You know, Marley Mall. Um. Herbie Lovebug. Yep. Um, who worked with us? Howie T. Yes. That's who started all this shit. Yes. That's who started all this shit. If there's anybody that I want to meet, I'm going to be real with you. Marley Mall and uh, Kuhirk. Yeah. I, I want to meet those guys. Um, but now, um, moving to the West Coast, top five West Coast albums. I know mm, it's a lot. That's of easy. Nah, ain't too many. <laughs> Ice Cube, I've always been, you know, Ice Cube taught me a lot of lessons, but he, you know, I used to watch him feverishly, like, you know, because he was original. He He's the voice of N.W.A. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. They all tried to rap like him. Ren was tight as a motherfucker. He had, he had his own thing, but Cube... You know what I'm saying, and then when, like I said, when Snoop came along, you know, I have to put him and and short dog, too short. Yeah. You know, being too short got a special relationship, and you know, that's all I'm gonna say. And E40, for now, when you get into the Kendricks and the. Uh, Game and them people like that, you know what I'm saying? Game is a beast, you know what I'm saying? But Kendrick is is a different animal, uh, you know, and it's it's great that he came out of Compton too, you know what I'm saying? He changed the whole game in Compton, right? You know, so I got to give him his flowers. I got to give uh, Schoolboy Q anybody that just created their own lane you yeah. know and there's a not a lot to uh name you know but i'm a boom bap guy you know what i'm saying so i'm a, I'm gonna be doing more production than rapping in the future okay you know what i'm saying and that's it that's awesome I'm, I'm glad you told us that because now we got something to look forward to yeah. uh and if i if i could encourage you and I know you probably thought about it or are doing it. I can't be 50, 55 rapping. 
I can't. I can't. I, I don't have nothing against people that age rapping, but I don't have. What am I going to talk about? My medication? I don't know. I'm. You know. I'm. On, I got, I got clean, gout now. I got a clean ass walker. Yeah, I'm talking about these holes uh, <laughs> at the senior citizen hall. Right. You know, <laughs> she has a flagellance problem. You know now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Now let me. Okay. Here's an interesting question. Okay. Okay. Now, R&B, country, rock, and even jazz. We never put an age limit on those guys. All right. But on rap, we do. Why is that? I don't know. On any uh, genre, I don't think you can't, you shouldn't put in any age. But hip hop is a, it, hip hop is different because it, it, it is for the young. I think it's my just my opinion. It's a young sport. Yeah. It's a battle sport. Uh, so that's for the young. Right. Once we get our age and mature in hip hop, we're supposed to be in our lane. We're supposed to have created our own lane and we got our fans and we're living with that. Like uh, like a LL Cool J. Yes, yes. He could put out an album and still his fans go by. And, and he could still rock a motherfucking show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why Dr. Dre is able to put out in our ice cube or I don't know you know what I'm saying so just create your own lane and and make the music for your lane you could live off that yeah. especially these days with streaming and you know like, uh, people never people you think will never have to hear you but you're doing your thing Right, right. With, with your true fans in your lane, you know, it's it's more easier than it was with me. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. Uh, well, crazy. the thing that I was going to tell you, I don't know if you're doing it or you, you probably are doing it, but I would encourage you to get into visuals, whether it be movies, documentaries, stuff that you love to do, you know, and create that shit. Because I think we want that 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 uh, incorporates a lot that. You know that incorporates a DJ Pool, that incorporates a Ice Cube, that incorporates a Dr. Dre, and that's so much work and 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 uh, legalities you have to go through to. Yeah. Because if I can't incorporate the niggas I came up with and how I did this smoothly enough, and and I, I'm not gonna do it. Okay. You know? So I'm gonna just take my time with it. Right. It'll happen. It'll happen. Three things that I want to do. Um, One, take a shot. Yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. Sorry. There we go. Okay. Three things that I want to do for the rest of my life because I'm living my best life now. Uh, and this is not in order. I want to continue the podcasting because, first of all, having you sit across from me, T. When I was like 19, 18 years old, watching you get the celebrity perform. Mm -hmm. And then knowing that 30 something years later, you'll be sitting across from me and I'm here talking to a guy that 
I look up to in this rap game. Wow. It, it's amazing, man. It truly is amazing. It's mm -hmm. the, almost like Appreciate a dream that. come true from a Mexican kid from the city of Wilmas, okay? Wow. So, I want to continue the podcast. Number two, I'm going to continue to direct. I directed my first three-hour documentary, and it was very, very successful. Rashidi Harper mm. uh, loved it. Yeah. He really, really loved it. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I'll have, I'm going to have him on a Wednesday in next month. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to talk about the documentary that he did. And um, so I want to podcast, direct, and I, I'm going to get back into uh, production, doing mm. beats. Uh, you know, it, here's the bad thing about doing beats. This is why I put that at the bottom because today kids are paying twenty five dollars for beats. I, I'm not. I'm not going to do twenty five dollar beats. You know what I'd rather do? I'd rather do a fucking dope ass beat and give it to somebody and help make them whoever they're going to become. Mm. I'm not getting into production for money. I'm not. It's going to be more of a hobby. You like that track? Go ahead and have it. Yeah. Okay. I've been. I've been making beats since I've been in, since the beginning before me rapping you know being pool used to like i said the i was part of uh loosely a part of the boogeyman that created death certificate for ice cube yes um uh we created a lot of shit we had uh artists like nefertiti deadly threat um uh dell yes you know that was fun Yes. Well, I wasn't making no money, but just being part of that, you know, especially the Death Certificate album. I I produced uh, Giving Up the Nappy Dugout. And, you produced that shit? Yeah. Giving Up the Nappy, give, give, Giving Up the Nappy. Okay, Death Certificate for me is IQ's best album. Yeah, mine, yeah, it is. Okay, now I'm gonna tell you which one to me was my favorite fucking song on some straight gangster shit. For me, mm -hmm. Summer Vacation. Yeah. Fuck, dude. I could, you know, 40, lap, 40 ounce on my lap and it's freezing my balls. That's me cruising in a motherfucking Regal on some D's. That's, with that's a 40 Paul and Bob. Yeah. I, I think uh, Jinx was involved a little bit too, but yeah. yeah. But mainly, and, and Rashad Coles. Uh, yeah. But that was my shit. Like, I can cruise that motherfucker all fucking day long. Mm getting bitches and they can't stand the 1991 Tony Montana. That shit is fuck, fuck. It can't, you know. <laughs> That's my shit right there. Other than that, T, um, we come to the end of our show. This was great, man. Thank you. I commend you for this, man. This is Thank you. Uh, at, at least say this for me, please. Even if you gotta lie, you know. Um, please tell me one day you'll come back. Oh, no, come on, man. <laughs> Oh man, I'll be back every every anytime you want me. Awesome, back especially for the liquor. Oh, awesome! <laughs> yeah, wait, wait. Man. Speaking about liquor, hold on. Let me get this a little more. Are you trying to get me drunk? <laughs> Quit bumping about the tolerance. <laughs> Quit bumping on the stern table. <laughs> deadly threat. That was deadly yeah, threat. Yeah, King T. You gotta get again? threat through here. Okay, he has a story to tell. Mm, okay. Uh, uh, this is my wish list. Let's get Thread on here and let's get, you know who I would like to get? Exhibit. Wow. So that's all I'm going to say. He heard you. Yeah. <laughs> X, uh, you could get him. He, okay, you know. X, my son's a huge fan of you. So not not only him, but me, especially with paparazzi. I have to give it up to X too because, uh, you know, in the last, um, I'll say, few years, he's, he's, 
really got me thinking different about business and things like that, you know. And, you know, that's my brother. Okay. You know what I'm saying? He has a... He has an amazing spirit. He has a lot of things going on, and 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 he made me part of that. And now I want to tell him thank you. You know, what I'm saying? awesome. X, honestly, this will be an early Christmas gift. Hmm. So please come through. Uh, he'll come through. Let's talk about uh, paparazzi. Yeah, what you see is what you get. Now. Yes, all that. The the first. Them first liquid albums. Yes. Anything after that, he, uh, <laughs> he, you know, X. The reason I said he he changed changed me a lot about a lot of shit is because he chose his own role. You know what I'm saying? He 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 made a lot of decisions on his own. He did his own thing. You know, he didn't sit around and wait on nobody. Yes, he loved the liquid. The liquid is his family and all that. But he's he's on his own. Yes. Shit. You know what I'm saying? And it's good. Awesome. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Other than that, um, look out for us. No shit with Dr. Dre and all that. Oh shit. Oh shit. <laughs> and the words of DJC. Mm -hmm. Let me give a shout out to. Uh, before you give a shout out. DJC, DJ the Gav, my boy, old boy, Omar in the motherfucking building. Oh, Anthony over here steering the fucking ship, the Titanic, because this is the winning team. Okay. No uh, other than that, my son B Scandalous for helping me promote this shit. Uh, be looking out. He's gonna start uh, DJing as soon as this COVID shit opens up. I'm gonna push him, so you'll be able to see my son B Scandalous performing at the club. This COVID shit ain't gonna never open up create different situations now start looking for different ways to get to your audience you know do you believe the world is different now yeah i was gonna say do you believe that this is the new norm yeah okay yeah this shit ain't gonna let up you know what i'm saying because motherfuckers is dying every day yeah and it, hey, I'm not gonna go into because everybody will take it as a conspiracy theory or yeah. whatever. But this shit was thrown on us. I believe that. Um, I, I had several people they got sick, and they straight told me older cats, this shit ain't normal. This shit was created. Yeah, come you on, know? man. I'm not gonna say no names, Bill Gates, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. But you know, and I don't. You know, this man is different. He, I don't, he's not. Uh, Speak on it, T. <laughs> it's hard, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. These billionaires, this, these motherfuckers with all the money in the world that could, you know what I'm saying? How could you want to depopulate? Yeah. That word coming out your mouth, you, you, you want to get rid of motherfuckers? I know. And, uh, so, really, the plan was to get rid of all you sick old people. Yes, trust me, I'm I'm knowing. And he, they're sitting there having and and doing interviews. Him and his wife, like talking, about, you know, what I'm saying, go take this vaccine. You can do that if you want to. Yeah, I don't I don't know nothing about it. I've seen I've seen. Hey, I know we're all different. Yeah, our 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 shit is different. Our blood is different. Our I ain't been sick 
And I, I'll be around motherfuckers and all that, but I'm gonna knock on this wood right here. But that shit was stoned on us. Uh, and I it believe, was sprayed. And and I believe that because you know what, I'm gonna confess something without mentioning no names. I have several people that were in their seventies, went to the hospital, they felt sick. See, no lie. They never came back. Yeah. And and sometimes I feel like I wonder if that fucking hospital sped things up. You know, check this out. It, 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 the these doctors, they have to follow a protocol. Yes. If you know what I'm saying, so if a motherfucker comes to a hospital and all that and passes away, they're gonna put that COVID shit on. Yes. Them. And that doctor got to roll with that shit. Yeah. Or he, ain't, you know, what I'm saying yeah. doctors is making money. You're right. They got to support their family, too. They're going to roll with that. Just like you got uh, this Black Lives Matter and all this type of shit going on. But you have black police and you have, you know what I'm saying? But they're rolling with this shit. Yes. That's their job. You just had a black cop kill itself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because he was rolling with that shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no, so it, it's 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 a human thing. Yeah. Now that no, they are rolling with the shit, and the sad thing is, like, you can be running, trip, slip, and hit your head on a rock. A man died of COVID. Yeah. Uh, a man could eaten by a shark. He died of COVID. If he had any other elements in his motherfucking body. Yeah. If he had asthma. Yeah. He did. <laughs> a man bungee jumps. He hits his head. The cord was too long. He died of COVID. Like, it's like, because That's they're getting true. kickbacks. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. They don't even have to get kickbacks. You have to follow protocol. Yeah. Any other doctor or other person that bought it to the table lost their job. I and they probably got COVID right now, yeah. too. A man jacks off, yanks his weenie off. He died of COVID. Yeah. You know, whatever. <laughs> Went blind and, and died. Yeah. Okay, let me stop because <laughs> oh, all good. Nigga went blind with COVID. Yeah. Mm. T, it's a lot of shit I gotta talk about. Shout outs. Nah, I ain't got no shout out. Right. Everybody know who 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 you who. got love for. I got love for Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Exhibit, Alcoholics. You know what I'm saying? Everybody that's down with the liquid. It's a it's a massive crew. And it's the liquid crew is massive. And you know what? Let me say something else. I'm we're sitting here joking and, and, and all that, but I'm happy for everybody. Yes. I'm, I'm I'm so happy to see the people I grew up with and got in this game with, everybody's winning. Yeah. From the Dr. Dre's and I've lost we've lost a lot of people, but they're winning. You know what I'm saying? From DJ Poole, this this dude is a a massive producer, director. He's directed movies. He's yes. he's doing video games, Rockstar, uh uh GTA, all you know what I'm saying? Exhibit that's creating video games and movies and all and getting motherfuckers hot. Getting exhibit is getting motherfuckers super high. 
I should have bought you some napalm. <laughs> Next time we're going to get everybody high. Hell yeah. And, you know, the rest, everybody. I'm just happy for my friends. Awesome. Awesome. You know, that's right. So once again, I'm going to ask you, if you can, let's try to make exhibit happen. Yeah. I know it's going to be, it might be hard. Let's call I, him right now. I get it. If you can call him. I got time. <laughs> Maybe I ain't had too many shots. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm good, my brother. That. All good, my brother. <laughs> Other than that, once again, I already shouted out everybody. Um, but I'm going to leave you with guys with a message from Mix Master Spade. Here's what I'm going to say. From one of his old records, I didn't know him. I never met him. Mm. But I will quote one of his records. Okay. You got to go to school to make it these days, stay in class and get you some A's. You go to get an A's, get $700, get $700, you can send Yeah. Makes That's sense. what started it for me. Yes. You better bring a gun and, uh, man. Yes. Yeah. Yo, you guys. That's who put me on. King T. Shout out to Scotty D. Uh, Big Pete, rest in peace. Front Hood Crip, uh, Nutty Block Crip, and uh, Pacoima Pyro, 151 Pyro. Love y'all. See y'all later. Awesome. King T, thank you, my brother. No doubt. You stay blessed. No doubt. Okay. Um, everybody, once again, the legend, Compton Legends in the motherfucking building. I want to thank him. Uh, for coming and blessing us with a dope ass fucking interview. Once again, I want to thank uh, Anthony, DJ C, DJ The Gap, my boy uh, Omar, DJ Old Boy, my son B Scanless, and I also want to thank me. Uh, and I also want to thank my city, my city of Wilmington, city of Wilmas, for supporting me. And King T, the Compton legend, is in the city of Wilmas. Much love, much respect to you guys. See you guys Friday on Freaky Tales, and then see you guys Sunday with two special guests. So. We out of here. Got a lot of us. <laughs>